This is episode 338, How to Increase Your Self-Worth with Samantha. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm so happy to have you here, as I always am. As a reminder, every Wednesday is a coaching episode where you hear an unscripted, unedited, unproduced session between me and an amazing, vulnerable, courageous caller. And every Saturday is something called Coach's Corner. If you missed last week's on toxic positivity, I encourage you to have a listen to that. Also want to remind everybody that the coaching institute that I co-founded with my husband and our colleagues, Alexi Panos and Preston Smiles, we are closing applications for enrollment on March 2nd. This class is filling up quickly. It is going to be epic. (laughs) You hear me talk a lot on this show about inner child work, about trauma work, about regulating the nervous system, about somatics, about internal family systems, basically all the tools that I use on the show, we teach in Elementum. And so if you're a coach or an aspiring coach, or you just want to go through a really comprehensive program where you're going to learn the skills to become an epic human and also go through a personal transformation program, because even though it's a professional development program where we certify you as coaches, our ethos is you are your own best client and you can't be a good coach. You can't be a great coach if you don't do your own inner work. So, so much of Elementum is yes, learning the tools and the skills but also doing your own inner work. So like I said, application deadline is March 2nd, and we only open enrollment once a year. And yes, I'm having a baby, and I'm also going to be involved in teaching Elementum. I'm very active in this program. It's the one live program that I'm teaching in 2022. So it's where I'm putting a lot of my energy and focus. So if you want to apply, go to elementumcoachinginstitute.com. All right. As you're listening to this episode with Samantha, consider, do you struggle with self-worth? Like you don't even feel worthy to send your food back if your order is wrong or to get a pedicure. Did you have a parent that was very dismissive and you felt like you were more in their way than someone they wanted to spend time and energy with? Do you have a lot of awareness and get so frustrated with yourself because you have all this awareness, but things aren't changing. And finally, as a parent, Do you have trouble not only connecting to your inner child, but to your actual children and have a lot of guilt about that? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching session with Samantha. Samantha, welcome to the show. How can I help? Thank you so much. I just want to start with kind of what made me write in in the first place, because this is so out of my comfort zone. Mm. (laughs) And yeah, (laughs) I had listened to a coach's corner and I cannot remember the name of the coach, but they recommended texting people you trust and asking them when somebody has seen you at your best. And it was kind of like helping figure out like a job sector that you would enjoy. So I texted my husband and my mom and my husband, who I've been with for seven years, could not think of a time that he had seen me at my best or happiest. And my mom's 
that it was right after I left my first husband, which was like the hardest time in my life. And I was like, even since I was a kid, like that's when you saw me at my best. Mm. (laughs) And she was like, yeah, everything has just always seemed very hard for you. And it immediately made me cry. And even months later, like I just feel it in my chest and in my stomach. And I know that even since I was very young, I um, just haven't felt worthy Mm. of anything Mm. is what it feels like, Mm. whether or not that's true, you know. It's not, but yeah, I understand that it feels that way. What what do you think was the, the turning point as a kid? Because as kids, we we definitely aren't born feeling unworthy. So what do you think was the turning right. point for you? Well, and I'm 30 years old. I have done personal development work for a very long time. Like I started at a young age just being curious about it and asking a lot of questions. And I mean, I I know that it stems from the kind of relationship I had with my dad. I constantly felt in the way of him. It was very explosive and angry and like he had so many issues on his own. Mm-hmm. And I have worked through so much of that. And it's like even, you know, working through all of these outside things, which I know like the root of it is just not feeling worthy. But it's like, how do I do something with that knowledge? How do I move that? <laughs> if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where does it show up most in your life? You mean the pattern of not feeling worthy mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. where does it get in the way? Like, what do you think you'd be doing if this pattern, the belief didn't exist? Oh man, honestly, I, to- I told my husband just the other day, I'm like, if I could just walk into a room and feel like I could just unapologetically be myself, that it would give me some kind of like satisfaction, like mm. I mean, it shows up in so many places that it's even like if I go get a service done, like get my nails or my, I feel like I shouldn't be there. Like I'm just in that person's way, mm. if that makes sense. Mm. Mm. Is that how you felt around your dad? Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So like I've said many times on the show, if awareness was enough, I wouldn't have a job. If only, like, if only, <laughs> yes. if only we could connect a dot and it'd be like, oh, oh okay, that issue is gone. Yeah. And it can be even so frustrating to like have all of this knowledge. I know this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then to just not feel it is so like, it's upsetting. Yeah. Well, and the frustration, as you know, is not helping. And that's just right. making this part of you that's so tender, this little girl part of you that just thinks she's a nuisance and is in the way and wasn't really wanted Mm -hmm. by her dad. It's just making her feel even more dismissed if you get frustrated. So let's talk about a couple of things to help you let go of the frustration and the judgment, because in order for change to happen and for healing to occur, there can't be the presence of frustration and judgment. And so that's your Mm -hmm. first roadblock is that you're judging yourself and frustrated with yourself. Can you see that? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. So you're having what I would call a biologically and developmentally appropriate response to a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. So remember that, you know, before the age of 12, 
we are pretty much molded. You know, anything that happens before the age of 12, give or take, makes us into Mm -hmm. the adult that we are. So here you have this little girl who felt she was in the way of her father, one of her primary, most important people in her life. So Mm -hmm. it seeded a very, very deep belief that I'm not worthy. Because if we don't feel wanted by our parents, the people that are supposed to want us and love us, that's Mm -hmm. a really big core wound. So this feeling you're having of, oh, I'm in the way, even though I'm paying for the service, I'm in the way, I don't deserve to be here, I'm unworthy, so on and so forth. Can you see how it's appropriate given your history? Yes, I very much can see that. Mm -hmm. And can you have compassion for yourself? Oh, that's where I just, it is so difficult. Like I can have moments of compassion, but having that patience and just continuance, compassion for myself is such a struggle. Mm. What's so hard about it? What makes it a struggle? It's like just this horrible feeling of resistance. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't know exactly how to put it into words. Like I disassociate, especially when my nerves are super, super high. Mm -hmm. Even like now I can like, I feel like I'm separate from my body and it's hard for me to be able to take my logical, I can figure this out self and kind of mesh it with that really, really sensitive person that I honestly am Mm -hmm. and connecting those two. I've always thought I felt like a robot because I am just here, you know, like, and so for me to be able to mesh that together, it's always been separate, like compartmentalized in my brain. Okay. So first let's see if we can get you in your body. (sighs) (laughs) So where, where outside your body do you feel like you are above behind? Like, where do you feel like you are? I feel like I'm behind my body. Okay. So can you just close your eyes for a moment? Put your feet nice and firm on the ground. And just notice that part of you that's behind you. And either out loud or internally, just tell yourself it's safe. Tell yourself you're here right now in this moment. And see if you can invite all of you into your body. So see if you can invite that part of you that's lingering behind you into your body and just see what happens. I don't know why that feels so like painful for me. Mm -hmm. It's so odd because it's really hard to kind of put into words. It's like, even when I do it there, I, it's like, no, no, no. Like mm-hmm. it just feels like that. It's so weird. I mm-hmm. just hate it. Oh my gosh. That's okay. Let's, and then let's, I, let's leave the judgment. Let's see if we can put the judgment and frustration aside because it's not helping. And this is where you get mm-hmm. stuck. This is where you loop, right? There's a little bit of progress and you get frustrated and you give up and you're back to square one. So, oh my gosh. Yes. Let's just talk to that part that doesn't want to come fully in. Can I talk to that part that's like lingering behind and doesn't want to come fully present? Yes. Okay. So I just want to ask that part, what feels so scary about coming in fully, about being embodied, Mm -hmm. about being here now? 
what comes up is feeling unprepared, unprotected. It kind of just feels like if I don't keep that separate, something bad will happen. Mm-hmm. Like what? I don't even like, I know that I don't want to be a target for anybody. And I feel like by just being myself, I'm kind of putting like a target on my back. Mm. A target for somebody to do what? (sighs) To either attack me or say I'm wrong or whatever. Just come at me in a negative way Mm -hmm. in some way. Mm -hmm. And then what happens to you if someone does that? Then I, (laughs) I just move on. (laughs) Like it happens. It feels like I definitely suppress a lot of it for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't do anything with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you could do something with it that you think would be more useful, what could you do with it? I could, (laughs) well, I could move it through and out (laughs) Mm -hmm. by bringing it all together and kind of just, I, yeah. Yeah. Which is hard to do if you're dissociated, right? Yes, absolutely. So we know this and I, it's, I'm not surprised that this part goes behind you because it's, you you feel so unprotected, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you're trying to have your own back by dissociating pieces of you and putting them behind you. Mm -hmm. So I just want to keep reminding you and keep bringing you back, Samantha, that the the judgment and the frustration that continues to come up, this is the, one of the biggest roadblocks to get over Mm -hmm. because how much judgment and frustration did you feel from your dad? Oh my gosh. Every single day, every time I said something, always. Exactly. Yes. So you're being your dad to you. Uh, I yes, one hundred percent. Do you want to keep doing that? No, no, not at all. Yeah, no. I have two young, very young children, and I'm extra protective over my little girl who is six. And having her has been so triggering for me. <sighs> and um, I don't know. It's hard. Triggering how? I found it. It's bringing up a lot of ways that I felt when I was young. And I'm just so, like I said, protective over her. And it's also kind of hard for me to connect with her, especially now that she's getting older. Like she's around six as a baby. It wasn't hard. But now that she's at her age now, I just notice that like it's just it's so hard for me to even just I don't know just what I don't know if it's connecting with her like on that because I on that deeper level of like I'm always kind of not completely present Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah well here's here's my sense there's a lot of um unprocessed trauma in your body You know, Mm -hmm. it sounds like you had kids pretty young and Mm -hmm. haven't had a lot of time to just focus on you. No. Yeah. 
And oftentimes it's hard to be present with our children if we have a protective survival strategy of dissociating. Mm -hmm. So I think because you're so wanting to protect your heart, your heart, you're Mm -hmm. not in your heart, right? Your heart isn't completely open. Yes. And you're not doing anything wrong as a mom and you're not messing up your kids. I'm not saying any of that. What I am saying is that, you know, you went so quickly into parenting your own inner child never really got the parenting she needed. Right. No. And it's difficult to connect with your six-year-old daughter because it's difficult to connect with six-year-old you. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of roads we could go down here. Um, and I don't mean that in a, you're so messed up way. I just mean <laughs> that there's a, you know, there's, there's a lot that you've been through and there's a lot of trauma mm-hmm. that, you know, you're not even sharing with me. That has happened in your life and I can feel that. And okay, so number one most important thing to do is the frustration and judgment must be replaced with compassion Mm -hmm. because you're parenting yourself how your dad parented you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes we do that. We do that subconsciously, like whatever, you know, Tony Robbins asked this great question, whose love did you crave the most as a child, you know, mom or dad? And that's the one that we tend to have the most issues with. And, you know, you craved your dad to see you and validate you and, and all of that. Cause a lot of, a lot of where girls get their self-worth from, even boys and girls get their self-worth from is, is dad. Right. Cause he's that, that, that masculine provider energy is where mm-hmm. we look to a lot, where we look for like nurturing and kind of self-esteem more from mom. Again, generalizations, it's not a rule of thumb, but I've seen this pattern. Mm-hmm. So here you are like wanting dad. And sometimes we pick up mannerisms, ways of being that are similar to that parent because we think if we're more like them, they'll love us more. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Because it's funny you say that because I completely change myself around my dad. I am not like, I always say, I don't think he has any idea who I actually am. Because every time I'm around him, I instantly go into that default of safe. This is who I am. Like, I'm safe here as this person around him. And I hate being around him because of that. It takes a lot out of me. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have to be around him? I honestly only see him maybe once a month anymore. And I don't know. His family is really toxic and they actually all distance from each other so it's just been kind of weird but once a month is as often as I see him right now okay and you may even want to rethink that mm-hmm. once a month maybe 12 times a year too many yeah and that's so hard to even consider like it's yeah. I know how I feel around him and like I don't like it because even when like it's me and him and my kids, it's like, he tries to parent my kid. It's like this whole thing. It's so just icky. Yeah. But at the same time, like I feel so much guilt because I feel like he's not aware of this. So he doesn't deserve that. Does that make sense? It makes sense. It's not healthy, but it makes sense. So, so this is, this is kind of all part of the, 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 the web that we're sort of unweaving here mm-hmm. again with the parent who hurt us the most or whose love we crave the most, 
we tend to engage in some pretty dysfunctional patterns because mm-hmm. there's so little girl trying to get his love. Mm-hmm. So a big part of your healing is going to be to let dad go. And whether that means that you don't see him anymore or not, you know, that's that that's a decision you'll have to make. But there's still a part of you that's hanging on and mm, seeing yeah. him out of obligation. And it is his responsibility. Yeah. He could have changed. He could have shifted. Right. And again, it's not about blaming, but it's about, you know, I didn't have a choice as a child not to be around you, but I have a choice as an adult. Mm-hmm. And if you don't start making those self-honoring choices, your inner child is going to continue to act out. Mm-hmm. That is 100%. I even said that to myself. I'm like, if I don't stick up for myself and that little girl, nobody is. Like, yep. I am not honoring myself by putting myself first and sticking up for myself. Yep. Correct. Correct. So that's the outward action. Mm-hmm. is honoring yourself, sticking up for yourself, perhaps putting some new boundaries in place. The inward action is, like I was saying, number one, letting go of the judgment and frustration. Mm-hmm. Number two, actually connecting with that little girl mm-hmm. inside of you. You know, what does she need? So in those moments where you're feeling low self-worth, you go in to little Samantha and you say, I can see, I can feel you're feeling this. Is there something you need? Is there anything I can do? Because you didn't have a present parent who was really doing that for you. Right. And where was your mom in all this? Um, She always was like the peacemaker. Like if I wanted something, I would go to my mom and then my mom would ask my dad. And she has a lot of guilt about that because she's like, maybe I shouldn't have done that. But, you know, she was like, I was protecting you in the best way I knew how because she knew how he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But truthfully, did you feel really protected by your mom? I mean, I never felt protected when I was with my dad, whether my mom was there or not. Did I feel better? Yes. Yeah. Did I feel protected? Not really. You know, not really. Yeah. No. So can you see how with either parent, there was nothing in terms of yeah. truly making you feel safe? So that's the second piece. First piece is letting go of judgment and frustration. So you're not continuing to parent yourself like dad did. Second piece is really starting to parent that little girl who never Mm -hmm. really got the parenting she needed and now has been kind of distracted by having to parent her own kids. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, she feels really abandoned. Right. And I definitely have connected with her and like, I have a picture of myself and everything. And I think with that, because I'm very comfortable talking to her and at the same time, it's extremely painful, but I need to show up regularly for her. Yes. I haven't been. And it's like, I recognize that and it's like making it a priority. And yes, because that's going to help with the self-worth, Samantha. If I'm a little kid and I get attention every day, do you think I'm mm-hmm. going to feel more or less worthy? Right. Yeah. Right. It's going to help you connect to your daughter. It's like making this a priority. If we could take all the time you spend judging yourself and worrying about how you're going to say something so people don't get mad and how you're going to protect <laughs> or don't, you know, how you're going to protect yourself, how you're going to do the right thing. If we could bottle all that up, how much time in a week do you think that would be? Oh my gosh. <laughs> 
it is like when I when I tell you it is every second of every day I I don't think I'm kidding like even as I was waiting for you to call I'm like I'm not gonna get this call it's not gonna happen it's constant and it's Mm -hmm. even ordering food at a restaurant Mm -hmm. it's there I mean yeah so how I want you to start working with that because every every one of those judgments is an invitation so like using the example of thinking I wasn't going to call. Um, and I'm sorry, I was a minute late. That must've been really frustrating. Oh, no, no, no. I, was like, <laughs> I, I just was, I just played right into that for you. Um, Actually, it was perfect. Cause I was like, oh wait, but there she is. Yeah. <laughs> so using that example of mm-hmm. she's not going to call, what I want you to do is say, okay, little Samantha, like, what are you scared of here? <laughs> what are you feeling here? Oh, instantly rejection was just yeah. screamed at me. Yeah. Instantly. And so you go, oh, sweetheart, I understand. I understand you feel rejected because that's happened a lot. What do you need? So what did little Samantha need in that moment when she was afraid of rejection? What'd she need? Oh, I just needed a hug. Okay. So then you could have <laughs> just, just felt it. Yeah. You could have <laughs> just hugged yourself and maybe rocked a little bit and that might have been well, but good enough. And then the phone would have rang, mm-hmm. you know? So I want you to use these judgments these op- as opportunities, as invitations. They're the cry out, the call out from the mm-hmm. little girl inside. And the more present you are with her, the less she'll need to have these big feelings. And yeah. again, the more yeah. present you'll be able to be with your little girl. Mm-hmm. So I know we covered a lot of ground. There's, there's two key things. Again, no judgment and frustration and mm-hmm. really starting to mother and father that little girl mm-hmm. in the ways that she wasn't and give this parenting yes. of judgment and shaming and rejection like back to dad because it's not yours and consider the possibility that mm-hmm. you don't have to see your dad as often as you do, especially as you're working through this stuff. Because yeah. when we're working through healing with a person and then we see them on a regular basis Mm-hmm. It can it can make it really hard and can sometimes delay things. Yeah. So if you have the opportunity and you have the choice not to see him as much, again, not to punish him. It's not really about him. It's about making self-honoring choices for you. Yes. Yes. How are the nerves now? They're much better. Good. Yeah. I would say about 80% better. That's great. Anything that would take much it better. to 100%? I would love, oh my gosh, this is silly. I just want, I would love to hear from you. I accept you and you're perfect the way you are because. <laughs> I love that you asked that. Well, let me get that part because... out. If there, no, I don't, you don't have to give me a reason. I totally can do that okay. for you. <laughs> okay. So Samantha, <laughs> mm-hmm. I accept you all parts of you, all parts of you. And I love you just the way you are. There's nothing you need to change. Thank you so much. So thank you to Samantha for your honesty and vulnerability and just bringing forward an important topic for us all to look at. And there were many directions I could have gone with Samantha in this call. The most important thing I felt she needed was to be heard. She grew up in a house, especially with dad, where she felt dismissed, where she felt like she was a burden even going and getting her nails done, she feels like a burden. 
So I really wanted to make sure she could express whatever she needed to express. That's why I didn't try to lead her down one specific path. I just really held space for whatever needed to come up to come up so I could model that space of love and acceptance for her. And Samantha, if you're listening, that's what you want to do with you is really be in that place of love and acceptance. No healing ever occurs in the presence of judgment, frustration. No one has ever come back from one of our workshops or events and gone, oh my gosh, I totally healed. I feel totally transformed. I'm so glad Christine judged and was frustrated with me the whole time because that's where my healing really happened. We never say that, or we never say, oh my gosh, I feel so in love with this person. This person judges me and I, and I can tell is frustrated by me, but oh, I just feel so safe. No, 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 no. The two never go hand in hand. So I know a lot of you are really committed to personal development. And you've heard me say this, but I'm going to say it many times. You've got to let go of judging yourself. You're not going to transform and heal if there's judgment there. You're just, you're just not. Love and judgment cannot be in the same place. You can love the part of you that judges because you know it's trying to protect you. But if you're frustrated with yourself, transformation isn't going to happen. So that was the first key thing with Samantha. And second key thing, and I'm sure this is no shock to you, was in her child. You know, her little girl feels abandoned by her, dismissed by her, neglected by her. And she's even having trouble connecting with her own daughter because she's not connecting with her own inner child. And we're not present with her own inner child. How can we be present with a child? So that inner child work is so important. And P.S., even though we're not teaching inner child live, we did turn the last live workshop into an evergreen program. So you can go to christinehasser.com slash inner child and get the whole entire workshop sent to you. You can go through to your own pace. It'll just be like you're going through the live event. Everything's in there. The meditations, breath work, coaching, everything's in there. So if you're really resonating with, oof, I've got some inner child work to do, but I don't know what to do, go do our inner child retreat. It's, it's really quite awesome. So back to Samantha. It's that practice of when the judgment and frustration comes up, knowing that's her inner child trying to get her attention and saying, what do you need? You know, what do you need? And I love that in the end, she asked me for what she needed. So she's capable. She can do it. <laughs> she can totally do it. And I hope that's a practice she puts in her life, both for herself and the people in her life, that it's okay to ask for what she needs, that she's not a burden, that the people in her life who love her and see her want her to ask, want to give to her. You know, oftentimes when we have low self-worth, we think that we're a burden and we're depriving people in our life of really showing up and giving to us. So that would be another tip for Samantha and for any of you who have that self-worth issue, ask, let people show up for you. It will start to be part of your healing process because you are worthy and you are deserving. All right, everyone, that's the show for today. Thank you so much for listening. Much love and many blessings. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Blessings.